Hello and welcome to What's the Hap with Cap. I'm your host, Captain Katie Isley. Today we're doing something a little different. We have joining us today, Hannah Furman. Hannah is a recent graduate of Asbury University, where she studied social work. She's a singer extraordinaire, a mental oh. health <laughs> mental health wellness advocate, and she just so happens to be my little sister. Hannah, welcome yeah. to What's the Hab with Cap. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for oh. having me on a podcast with such a cool name. <laughs> oh, blessings. Thank you. <laughs> so before we uh, get into our topic today, Hannah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Even though I know, but you tell yeah, the rest yeah, of the right. audience. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I am a, um, like you mentioned, I'm a recent graduate. I have my BSW, a bachelor's in social work um, from Asbury University. I am a fan of sociology, behavioral mental health, emotional health, people watching. Is that weird? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> sociology. Um, that's the more like academic side to me. I really love research and um, human behaviors. Um, I, and going along with that, I just binged um, Tiger King, the documentary on Netflix. Oh not for the, um, it's, it's not the easiest show to watch, but you know, <laughs> I, that, I like it. But I think just some more like personal stuff about me. I'm, uh, I really love writing. I love words. I love um, singing, as you so kindly mentioned. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm just here to have a good time. I'm here to laugh around. Love comedy. Love um, all things weird and fun and adventurous. <laughs> well, great. Thank you. Um, yeah. we're just really gonna dive into it. Um, we. Uh, tend to keep the episodes on the shorter side, but this one's going to be a little longer. So I just want to jump right in. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us a simple explanation, if there is one, of what mental health is? Yes. Well, yeah, there is. They're simple and there's complex. And I'm probably going to dive into both of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so mental health is just the same as a physical health understanding, but for your mind. Um and your mind pretty much qualifies as anything you think of, um, your kind of inner monologue, voice in your head, any sort of thoughts and feelings and emotions that kind of would influence your behavior. So um, everyone's mental health is different, just like everyone's physical health is different. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes there are things that are out of your control, and sometimes there are things that you can control. Um, I think everybody definitely, there's an aspect of both in everybody. Um, and what kind of gets complex is, um, in understanding sort of wellness, I would say, um, wholeness and wellness are kind of some new terms to this field or maybe not new terms, but terms that we're using more. Mm -hmm. Um, I've even caught myself today preparing for this, (laughs) (laughs) wanting to use wellness. And so like, you know, um, taking care of your mental health would uh, is taking care of um, your mental wellness, yeah. um, taking care of your mind. Um, I would say a good metaphor to look at it is your mind is like a battery, right? Mm. Um, and the more it drains, the more you need to recharge it. Yeah. Um, and that you have to spend time plugging it in, keeping it plugged in to, to recharge. And I think that everybody, um, whether you're at 
80%, 20%, you know, whatever you have to, you know, make sure you get back up to the 100 side. Um, yeah, that's a, a good visual. Visuals help you. Yeah. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, and I think that's a really good example too. Uh, something that everyone can really understand and even relate to. Um, so in your, for your experience, was it your experience in social work that started your passion for being a mental health advocate or was it another time? Like when did you first notice the importance of um, taking care of our mental health and just mental health in general, that the importance of that? Um, yes and no to social work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there's no aspect. Um, when I was in high school, I had to do a, we all took a, um, like a career class, like a class, we, we took it as a high school freshman and you sat in it, learned about career fields and then what like course of action you would take and what does it look like to graduate high school? Um, and if you choose to go to college or if you don't choose to go to college, all that. Um, and we did a project on careers and I was assigned a psychologist group and um, that was my introduction to kind of um, psychiatric counseling um mm-hmm. and learning about um just kind of talking like what what a regular counseling session would look like so talking with people um that might have a um mental illness in the sense of like a diagnosis mm-hmm. um really psychological um understanding and that was really intriguing to me because i really like one on one conversations um and kind of towards the end of high school I had been talking to people and I remember one of my friend's mom had a degree in social work and she was like you know it's like so much easier Hmm. to go through social work uh, (laughs) if you want to do that and she was like that's less mentally oriented as it is people oriented and I was like okay well I I really want to do it for people so um and I think going into social work um the major at university I remember my intro to social work class like I told my professor um and we had a very small department so it was like him and like two other people Mm -hmm. um that was like and he knew like that's what I wanted to do and just you know we were really focused on that is where I wanted to go Mm -hmm. was into um the the clinical field and really getting to learn that social work is a very very broad field right um and I really didn't know what it was until maybe my second or third social work class Mm. so I don't blame anyone out there that doesn't fully know what it is (laughs) but um it really does focus on um mental emotional and behavioral health and um I took a class on um social work practice with individuals and families which was like kind of the counseling class at the same time that I was doing my first internship, um, which I had to complete in order to get my bachelor's, uh, where I was a intern advocate at a domestic violence division at the local sheriff's office in my county. And that was the first time in my life that I think I noticed my own mental health really taking a toll um I was doing really emotional work I was sitting in on court cases listening to people um who were experiencing like intimate partner violence come in and share their stories and file for restraining orders and um while also learning how to conduct a counseling session and learning how you know individually oriented it is and how we really do talk about uh, mental health awareness in that that it wasn't just people oriented but you know social work counseling was um 
all about self-care, knowing yourself, knowing your mind, knowing your behaviors, and where can you go from that? And I think just in that um, semester, those couple of weeks that I was there, it was just, it, it kind of connected for me that this was something I was really passionate about because I was noticing it in my own life yeah. um, and noticing, I was building up the professional academia, whatever professional way to say that, um, <laughs> to um, actually conduct um, wellness in that sense. Um, I would say that's really where my passion began. And then ever since, I mean, I've just become more educated on mental health awareness um, from my own life and um, on the academic side of things as well. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're in the thick of it. You're, you're studying, you're um, learning, you're reading, you're participating in um, so much Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you're, you're realizing it, um, in your own life, as well as the lives of the people who, um, again, you're studying about or are coming in and out of your office, but Mm -hmm. in terms of mental and emotional health exercises and coping mechanisms, would you agree that everyone can benefit from them and that you don't necessarily have to have a diagnosis to benefit from them? Absolutely. 100%, 1 million percent. Yes. <laughs> um, we should all be kind of like I mentioned a bit before, and I'll kind of dive into it a little more now. Um, there's something we can control and there's things that we can't control. Right. So not everyone, and, and this might be hard for some people to hear, um, not, but I think it's, I think of it as encouraging. Not everyone has an anxiety disorder, mm. but everyone experiences anxiety. Yeah. Um, not everyone, um, has a, a form of depression, but you know, everyone kind of encounters this really intense, insecure, um, sad, lonely feelings that can be coincided with, um, a form of depression, you know, and, and more on, on those. So I think that if you're going to be well, you have to take steps, take actions to check in on yourself. I don't think anyone can go through life without taking care of themselves. You know, we, especially as Christians, um, like, I think we learn a lot about focusing on others. And that is, I mean, of course, important, but, you know, I, I've heard of this phrase a lot in my time at college was, um, you can't pour into others if you're not being poured into. Um, right. and so that's thinking other ways for other people to pour into you, but also for yourself to pour into yourself. Um, right. You can't be obsessed with yourself. I think that's where Christians kind of miss that line. It's not conceit. It's respect for yourself. You have to right. love yourself. Right. And part of that is taking care of your mind, taking care of mm-hmm. your emotions, your behaviors. Um, so, yeah, I think that everyone can benefit from practicing um wellness practicing coping mechanisms coping skills um and general health exercises uh for the mind um for your inner self um daily weekly all the time yeah Mm, yeah and especially in these days with um the coronavirus you know this is something that we're all trying to navigate together and you know we've not experienced anything like this before we're all feeling some kind of 
fear and uncertainty. Um, and that definitely, I, I would dare to say, weighs on everyone's minds and on everyone's hearts. Um, yeah. So if we, and I would encourage everyone to, but if we would want to practice some kind of mental wellness or emotional wellness as we try to face each day of uncertainty like what would be some of the more common practices um for like mental um, and emotional health exercises what would be some of the more common ones uh yes I have a big answer to this so just be prepared (laughs) okay (laughs) um well, I was, I, you know, I want to make sure that everyone knows it is a lot easier to practice um, wellness than people might think. Mm. Um, here is something, at least, and I'm pretty sure this can apply to anyone. So you don't necessarily have to have a formal diagnosis. This is for every single person out there with a diagnosis or without, especially in this time of quarantining. And we're kind of really getting into a bit of a more kind of lonely, confusing, chaotic place. Um, Keeping a daily routine is um, amazing. Your body has gotten used to um, your body and your mind. Those separate are connected. Um, You know, your, your body is sending neurons to your mind, like constantly all day, every day and vice versa. You know, like when you feel pain, that's your mind. Like if you stub your toe, yeah, that is, you feel that pain because um, there are neurons being sent between your mind and your body saying, I've just stubbed my toe. That's painful. And then the reaction. Right. And so um, same goes for waking up, brushing your teeth, eating breakfast, getting ready, getting dressed, making your bed, drinking water, like general stuff like that. Keeping those in mind every single day. Um, are ways to help you and to make you feel good. And and, and it's a way to accomplish something. If you wake up and you brush your teeth and brush your hair every day or shower in the morning or shower at night, you know, something that you do every single day, that's something to check off your list and say, I accomplished something today, which goes a long way in your mind. Right. Um, When you're feeling really, um, uh, trying to think of the right term, maybe you're being hard on yourself, very tough on yourself. It's good to say, I have accomplished something. Um, today and it can be something simple like that um some really great ways to kind of take care of yourself when you feel tired emotionally um maybe irritated sad uh frustrated all those things um stretch Mm. get in some exercising uh whether you go for a run full cardio even just going on a walk outside um even my part of my daily exercise routine is I go to this lake that's near my house mm-hmm. um, and they have a path around it and going there to exercise and just being kind of in nature and seeing something that's different than my house. Yeah. Um, this was before quarantine, you know, like, right. <laughs> and even now, if you're practicing social distance, you know, go for a walk um, and, you know, be aware of people, but um, <laughs> you know, going outside and just being involved in nature, the fresh oxygen, you know, there's something about being by the trees when they turn that carbon dioxide into oxygen right? and getting out, being in the sun, serotonin, um, which is one of the chemicals that, you know, if imbalanced can cause a, a form of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've heard of like seasonal affective disorder, right? Right. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yes. Um, where sometimes a lack of sunlight can um, 
make individuals feel a, a bit more um, depressed in the wintertime, you right. know, because there's a lack of sun. It's not as much sunlight uh, during the day. But when you're out in the spring and summertime, it's typically a happier time of year, quote unquote, right. because you're out in the sun. Serotonin levels are rising because the, the vitamins um, and the nutrients that come from the sun um, benefit your mind. So, you know, going outside to exercise, even just simple stretching in the morning, if you stretch when you get out of bed, do any yoga, Pilates, um, and even just involving yourself in your interests. If you like to bake or cook, if you like to clean, if you like to journal, which I highly recommend journaling, <laughs> is a great way to get out things you didn't even know you were feeling. Um, if you like to color or paint or draw, listen to podcasts, listen to music, those are like, find what seems therapeutic for you. Find something that you can channel in and focus on, um, especially for people who may be feeling extremely anxious in the moment. Um, if, if you feel like you're panicking or you just can't shake this feeling of anxiety off, you know, find a way to distract yourself. And something that really helps me, at least, when I get really, really overwhelmed with fear or anxiety is breathing exercises. Um, heavy, deep breathing feels really good. <laughs> Overwhelms your body. So that would be like a deep breathing in for four, uh, like a count of four and then out for five. Mm -hmm. In for four and out through the mouth for five. So in through your nose for four, out through your mouth for five. And there's more you can do like in for four, hold for seven, out for five. Um, That's my favorite. <laughs> favorite yeah. I... I, for me, even just some simple like in and out really helps me um, and, and, and elongate it. You know, sometimes it's just like a. And just repeating that over and over. Um, or what was the other thing? Oh, yes. If you need a distraction, a really good one is laughter. Right. Mm -hmm. um, comedy specials. If you have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Uh, Disney Plus, any of those streaming devices, YouTube, if you have access to YouTube, to your television, I mean, True TV and Practical Jokers, <laughs> or anything where you know you will laugh, find something that will make you um, just kind of giddy and excited for a moment. And that will distract your mind because laughter is a good thing to experience. Um, find what you enjoy and make that a habit of practicing that when you know you're not feeling your best hmm. but you know only use it only use something you know will make you feel better um i would say those are some more common practices yeah yeah are there any lesser known exercises that oh. we should be aware of yes um some of these are a bit more introductory um and they're really easy to use without kind of any extra sources. Um, these are ones that I kind of learned in my counseling classes. Um, something I love and they're free on YouTube. There are some apps and you can pay for them are meditations. Meditations are there's, if you go and look it up on like YouTube or something, it's, it's a video with some calming music and someone kind of, um, instructing you to breathe, um, do breathing exercises or, uh, mindfulness, which would be kind of noticing your body in the present moment. So that's kind of taking the focus off your mind and switching more to the body. So you want to distract your mind, alleviate it from any stress or overwhelming feelings you might have and focus on, okay, 
where are my feet right now? My feet are touching the floor. Do they feel heavy? Do they feel light? How do my feet feel in this current moment? And kind of scanning your body um, rather than the mind. Uh, and it, it's a great way to distract yourself. Um, and those are really helpful if you have trouble falling asleep at night. Um, I have trouble falling asleep. <laughs> and so for me, I love to do meditations or uh, any sleep apps that might have a um, calming music, bedtime story, or um, any breathing exercises you can listen along to. Um, for anyone that um, maybe feels like anxiety is a big struggle for them, there's some exercises uh, that have to do with a form of uh, treatment that we call grounding. And that is kind of just kind of like it sounds like kind of grounding your mind um, and distracting your mind from its anxiousness in the moment. So like a really easy way to do this is in the moment where you are breathe in and out um, and notice, okay, what are five things you can see? What are four things and name them, right? What are the five things? What are four things you can touch? What are three things you can hear? What are two things you can smell? And one thing that you can, I've seen taste and I've seen feel. I think that kind of depends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but grounding is a way to kind of gain back control in a situation. Um, and, and going off of that, again, counting really helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you like counting is... Uh, it's just amazing for really gaining control back of your mind. Um, and a really easy way to do this is kind of examining your fingers and looking at your fingerprints. And if you can count, I mean, there's you, your fingerprint is so detailed. There's so many different lines. So just start counting those lines. Um, for me, like if I'm at a doctor's office and I'm really anxious, if you notice, most of them have ceilings with like the tiles that have the black dots all over them, <laughs> um, like the little speckles. Yeah, yeah. So, Counting all of those up in the ceiling, if you have something like that, or, um, you know, if you can look outside or go outside counting um, just the, what are they called? The little pieces of grass, strands, you know, you know what I mean. Grass. <laughs> blades of um, grass. Blades. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and something else is kind of just really being in touch with your senses. So like counting, um you know, if you can touch something while you're counting or hear something, you know, getting in touch with your five senses rather than just thinking, um, like, you know, layering, if you don't have a weighted blanket, layering like eight blankets on top of you, putting like weight is really mm -hmm. good. Um, a warm washcloth around your neck and shoulders can help kind of stimulate a different kind of feeling or cold, um, depending on what works best for you. Pets, if you have a pet, like pets are like scientifically proven to like really help you. So like pet your cat, pet your dog, play with them, just cuddle up, you know? And if you don't, that's okay. Find something soft to touch, um, you know, something else. I'm sorry, I know I'm kind of going on. This is the last <laughs> thing I have. Um, this is something more um, that we learned in social work practice because um, social work is primarily a behavioral health field is um, behaviors are kind of derived of your thought turns into a feeling or your feeling turns into a thought, which turns into a behavior. Um, and oftentimes, you know, our feelings, our thoughts um, are a part of our mental wellness. So 
take a blank sheet of paper. If you can't get um, some thoughts out of your head, write them down and separate what's a thought from a feeling Hmm. Uh, because they should be separate. So say you're um, in a group of people and you feel like they really don't like you. Write down, they don't like me. And then what are you going to identify that? That's a thought. That's not a feeling. That's a thought. But what you are feeling maybe is insecurity. And so writing that down and, and soon that kind of becomes a way to kind of rationalize, okay, I'm only thinking that that might not be true. Um, and there's more that goes into that. That's something you can even talk to your counselor about. Um, if you're in therapy or have someone you can confide in, um, those are, uh, that was something really kind of advanced that helped me. But if you have any access to stuff like that, just kind of separating your thoughts from your feelings can really help you, um, cope with, um, different feelings and um, experiences you have. You know, Hannah, you use words like um, yoga and mindfulness and meditation and, and grounding. And to some uh, Christians, um, I think that gives off a wrong impression because it maybe sounds, you know, um, otherworldly or, or sounds like, you know, kind of new age spiritual, um, uh, like religion, um, when, you know, we, we believe that, you know, our, our Lord is our savior and he's the one who gives us peace. And I'm absolutely not doubting that, but, um, I think when, you know, there is this, um, uh, circumstance where there are a, a portion of Christians, of believers who, hear what you might say and and get scared and think it's um not uh in alliance or in agreement with our faith so um how can we integrate uh integrate our our faith and our mental health great question so um yes i would say mental illness and mental wellness, like mental health wellness doesn't reveal a lack of faith in God. Um, when we think about scripture, a really, you know, prominent one that comes to mind is about, you know, faith without works is dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the Lord doesn't just call us to trust in him, but to be proactive, right. um, and to live out faith. And I think a way of doing that is to take care of yourself. Same with, you know, your mental health. Um, I, you know, maybe controversial, but in my own experience, I don't believe that mental illnesses can just kind of be prayed away. I think that, you know, effort to kind of cope with them and upkeep and maintain your, your wellness is involved in that. And I think that prayer is a really big, important part of that and asking the Lord for strength and for courage. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, doing your part, faith without works is, is dead. You know, you gotta do work to be faithful in that. So, and I think of scripture too, that comes to mind. I mean, we see um, Elijah um, in his stories, I mean, in kind of his loneliness and and it kind of hints at depression um, and how he's kind of taking care of himself and his, his battles with the Lord, even, even Job too, and how he's expressing, it's not something that we're supposed to do without God, but rather um, walking with him and, you know, praying for the right things to do A, a way to take care of yourself is a way to ground yourself could even to be reading scripture. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be 
um, necessarily associated with a spiritual term other than, you know, Christianity. Grounding can just be picturing yourself balancing on the ground or something, you know? Right, yeah. And I think, you know, we've gotten to a point in our society where we can do yoga without associating it with a religion mm. and more of an exercise, right. you know? Right. It's more stretches. So, and I even know people um, in the past couple of weeks who've gone live on Facebook doing um, like a, a time of yoga and scripture and, and prayer yeah. um, and incorporating that, you know, meditating on the word. And I think that's a great thing to do. I think taking that and focusing it on the Lord is great. I think that, um, and even in the Bible, in the New Testament, you see Jesus um, really advocating for people um, to take care of their, their mental well-being. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go on and say that, you know, like demon possession, not an expert on it, but, you know, with Mary Magdalene, you know, taking care of her mind after, um, you know, he outcast the demons in her and making sure that, you know, he was expressing the right things to her in that moment, helping her to become, you know, the strong independent person that she is and, you know, helping tend to her needs. You see him working to help benefit her. You see him, um, whenever he heals somebody, you know, telling them to, to go and to be strong and to do, it's always an action to do something. Um, and so I think that, you know, if you really read it, you see that it's not bad to take care of your mind. In fact, it's, it's a good thing. And to understand that, you know, we are supposed to love ourselves because the Lord tells us to, Yeah. you know, he loves yeah. us. He um, so fearfully and wonderfully made us. He wants us to believe that too. Right. Um, so I think that's a great thing to keep in mind um, that it is not unchristian <laughs> to practice mental wellness. Right. Um, and for me, I really love um, writing, like, like the physical act of writing and mm. um, like cursive calligraphy, lettering, and I'll do that with scripture yeah. and meditate on, you know, what a scripture says and keeping that in mind. Um, or even a way to kind of build confidence to writing down verses that I can post by my mirror so that when I'm looking in the mirror and say I don't like the way I look, I'm reminded of truth that the Lord has spoken over me around my mirror. I think that's a great way to involve um, Christianity into um, mental well-being. Right. I agree. Absolutely. Um, we're quickly running out of time and it doesn't feel like it because this has just been such a good conversation. Um, but, uh, just to end off here, um, Hannah is, is there a testimony that you have, um, of your experience with integrating mental health and faith that you can share with us? Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm very open about this. If you know me, um, you know, I've survived a few sexual assaults in my life. Um, and I was already, when I went to, I didn't, I didn't start going to counseling until I was in college. Cause, um, it, it, I know it's not easily accessible. I was very, um, fortunate enough to have, um, an, an accessible counseling service at my university. Right. Um, I recommend for students out there, that is a great tool to use. Um, if you have that, um, so, and that was when I started and I didn't, I, you know, I thought in high school that there was maybe something there, maybe a, an anxiety disorder, because um, I just found myself really 
freezing around people not being able to get out of and it, it didn't feel just like shyness it felt like something more hmm. um and so when I went to college I was I was already in counseling um and then fast forwarding to you know um these sexual assaults I mean trauma is life-altering yeah. um and it's it, it's shown that trauma changes the wiring of your brain and so there there's some things that you can't control coming out of that and for me you know not noticing where that was affecting my sleep um my general mood with irritability (laughs) getting annoyed very easily um and just overall um connections with people feeling very lonely but not really reaching out to people um and so you know, focusing on community um, in my mental wellness. So how can I, you know, I already had what I knew would help me short term in the moment, but also, you know, for me, something I love is music. Um, Right. I mentioned that kind of at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that I can practice mental well-being with other people um, kind of getting myself out there. And, you know, I have a really good friend of mine. She and I go to the same church. And even today we were talking about, you know, doing worship music together. That's a way that I keep myself, um, you know, well is by doing something I love with people that I love um, and people that are understanding. I say, if you have someone who is uh, very supportive of you, so, you know, reach out and talk to them. I know that not everybody has that and it's really hard to find somebody. Um, If you live in the Rochester area, I know that captains um katie and jeremiah will be more than willing to talk to you about this um and help you um figure out ways to uh practice wellness um it's true or (laughs) me too um (laughs) so um just for me staying consistent in finding new ways to be creative and to talking with someone um and you know it's hard it will never be easy Mm. (laughs) It will always be hard, but you notice that um, you find yourself more willing to be uh, to be proactive because some things get easier. Um, you know, some things get relieved. A little part of it will start to alter, mm-hmm. and you notice your your mood improving. So, um, find ways to be collaborative, find ways to be inclusive, and engage with other people, and find ways to um, rely on the Lord. The Lord's been great to me. Um, I had a very tough couple of months, but, you know, he's provided people time and time again, uh, when I needed to be collaborative with people. So, um, he knows what he's doing. It may not feel like it. Uh, but I can assure you, he knows what he's doing. Right. Thank you so much, Hannah, for your testimony. Uh-huh. And thank you for joining us today. You've given us, um, a lot of valuable input and I know that the Lord is going to use your words and your advice to bless someone. Um, if any of you have learned something today or want to ask any questions, or even if you just need to chat, send me a message on our Facebook page, the Salvation Army dash Rochester comma NH core core spelled C-O-R-P-S. Hannah, thank you again. And God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. If you have a prayer request or a praise that you want to shout out, or if you have any questions you've always wanted to ask a pastor, send me a message on our Facebook page, the Salvation Army dash Rochester comma NH core, core spelled C-O-R-P-S. It's been a joy to share with you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.